Welcome to the Off the Bench Podcast, home of all things sports here in the Central Valley. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench. Welcome back to the Off the Bench Podcast, Jason, episode 14. Woo! That's right. Man, it's gone quick. It has. I yeah. I just I was like, what episode are we on right now? I thought we were like on eleven or twelve. I know we had not realize it was we've done this many episodes. Yeah, it uh, it you know, it gets a little confusing sometimes because we we're, we do these interviews a little bit ahead and. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's been fun, man. I I'm pretty pumped on it. This last week was really fun with the Brad Rosnovsky episode, and there was a lot of Twitter interaction, and it was honestly really cool just with you guys, a bunch of you guys out there listening and. And tweeting about it, and you know, it's just been a, it was a fun week. No, yeah, and you know, just we talked about this off the off the air. Just what's cool, like to get text messages from different people, yeah, people contacting sure. you, and just talking about it. And so, yeah, absolutely enjoy and love that. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. So again, thank you guys for thank you guys for tuning in and uh, interacting with us and all that good stuff. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't done that already. Uh, that's obviously a huge help. And then we hit a milestone. Yeah, so uh, you know we get to track the metrics here for the sh- how the show's doing, and uh, we uh, we hit three thousand total downloads for you know for the whole account and the whole the whole show. So that's uh man, it's it's just growing little bit by little bit every week. So it's uh we just want to you know thank you guys. What's funny too is when we first started this, I was thinking it was probably just gonna be like my family, bro. I, when we first started, <laughs> I thought like. Man, if there's if we could get twenty people listening, yeah, I was gonna be like, that's a success, yeah. And it's been a lot more than that. So, and it's just cool. It's really cool actually see like, you know, as we do a new episode, obviously that one gets the most listens. But as you can see, as new people start to find it to find us, the the old episodes are getting listened to as well. Yeah, it so, is. It is cool. Just yeah. people going back and just listen to the other episodes when they become first time listeners and stuff. Yeah, it's cool. So, so I just want to, you know, say thank you to you guys yep. and, uh, you know, encourage you guys reach out on Twitter. There's a, it's a lot of fun on Twitter every yeah. Tuesday when the, when the episode goes live and there's some, you know, everybody starts talking about it. It's a lot, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm actually getting some people like with some new Twitter followers and stuff. I was like, okay, like other coaches and things. So I was like, oh, I'm enjoying, it. I've had people reach out to me, um, you know, just different coaches want to be on the show and the list keeps growing yeah. it's just 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 i love it because you know we talked about we're like could come to a point in time like who are we going to interview and stuff and it's just great that we just you know there's a whole list of people and we're like we can go on for at least another 30 40 oh, more episodes man. yeah the episode the list just keeps growing and growing and growing so it's uh man it's just so much fun so yeah you know if you're not if you're not already following us we're on instagram we're on twitter pod off the bench look us up the Insta, the Twitter account just got to uh, 400 followers oh, nice. yesterday, so you know that's growing too. And uh, you know we 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 do see a lot of uh, a lot of interaction on Twitter, so it's all it's always fun to engage on there. And uh, you know, let us know what you guys are thinking. You got an idea on somebody we need to talk to? Reach out, reach out on Twitter. Let us know. We want to yep. talk about it. So yeah, it's been fun. And uh, yeah, what's uh you know what's going on in the sports world right now? Oh, so got some incredible news. Uh, we got right. We got that track meet, big track meet in Arcadia. Yeah, it's always. I mean, every year the the Arcadia meet is one of the biggest ones in the state. But this year, without the state actual state meet, mm-hmm. I think the 
the interest level in, in Arcadia yeah. is even higher. No, so, yeah. And so um, we're just just start. We're recording on Saturday. So we're just starting to see some of the numbers. And so one of our girl basketball players, um, Peyton Bitter. Yeah. She set a school record or tied the school record for high jump. And is now the Ar- the 2021 Arcadia high jump champion. Yeah. So she's an incredible athlete, only a sophomore. So definitely, you know, she's super athletic and excited for her. Cause it's, she's right now, she's doing three sports right now and she's just absolutely gas. And she tried and I guess she had some good attempts at five, seven. Yeah. And she's probably five eleven, six foot. So Dang. pretty good. That's and, good stuff. Congrats Peyton yeah. on being the Arcadia champion. I'm always a been a big fan of Arcadia, the track yeah. meet. And if people who know me growing up where I was in high school, my dad was a head track coach at Clovis West. My dad's going to absolutely laugh and love <laughs> at this. He's just going to just. He's probably going to kill me too. Um, but my dad was a head track coach at Arcadia, or at Clovis West. And every year they go to Arcadia. And every year he was out of town, for some reason, my parents would leave me home alone. <laughs> so every year, friends would come over, have a little get together, a little, I would always say a little get together. It was probably a little more than a little get together. <laughs> probably half of like Clovis High was probably there. How, how much of this does your dad already know? Oh, my dad. My dad learns more and more. As I get older, I feel a little more comfortable yeah, telling yeah. him this stuff. You know, I'm 36. <laughs> so, you know, this is, yeah. So this is, you know, 20 years, 21 years ago. So, yeah, it's, that's my story. Is that Arcadia every year. You go out of town for Arcadia. It was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a party. It was a good week for you. It was a, it was a party. <laughs> it was a party at the LaFour household. Very nice. But, um, yeah, but yeah, so Peyton Bear was the track and yeah, I'm interested to see how the rest of the teams do. And yeah, we haven't seen all the other results yet, but, uh, you know, Clovis North is a big, they're, they dominate yeah. in track and field. So yeah. And then see what Buchanan's doing and just all the other different schools. We have a huge, you know, that's the one thing I think about the central Valley. Like we have some kids we have flat out put out in the track meets. Yeah. So yeah, I'd be curious to see, uh, is the Clovis high quarterback, is he down there running the hundred? Oh, Nate. Yeah. Nate. I don't know. Cause he, uh, I I forget what he ran, but I saw a big. He he had a really quick time recently, so uh, I think he was. Somebody was saying he's the fastest quarterback in the state of California or something. Oh, wow. So yeah, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I remember just seeing something on Twitter, but I'm gonna guess he's probably down there running too. Yeah. So we also got a saw a big headline for baseball. Yeah, four teams in the top ten. Yeah, was it Cal High Sports? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Top ten in the state of California. Four, four of them are right here in the central section. That is crazy. Yeah, but I mean, not super surprised, but no. it, the baseball is always good around here. Yeah, you know, it was, I think they said Buchanan was three, Bullard five. Bullard five, and um, then Memorial eight. And then Liberty, Bakersfield nine. Yeah, so four out of the top, yeah. top, top ten right here. And then, you know, you have Aurora Grande, who's undefeated right now, 16-0. They haven't played anybody, but you only play who you can yeah. You know, they're 16 and 0. 16 and 0. So, and then, right, you have Central. Central's second in the track right now. Yeah. So, you know, the track's just super competitive. They are beating up on each other right now. Yeah. So, you know, and whew, just baseball. You know, we talked about Madera South, talked about Madera. It's just, just, just unbelievable baseball going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in that Madera High and Madera South game. But I'm, I'm also, we talked about this just, or you brought it up too, is right now, if we were to end, it'd be, Buchanan versus Bullard and oh my goodness there would be some fireworks to right. see that one there's just a you know a few storylines yeah. there you got coach uh coach Donald over at Bullard now mm-hmm. and you know his 
his reign at Buchanan didn't exactly end no the best. But hey, I guess if you're the one to build it, might as be the one to tear it down. Yes, so. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be uh, man. The as we come down to the end, it's gonna be fun to watch how how baseball pans out. So, and it's gonna take forever to get there, right? Like yeah. I mean, every, just about every, everybody's going to graduate already. No, and that's that's the thing you start wondering. You have, like, with Buchanan, they have so many guys that are going on to play, and it's I know how a lot of schools, you got to report. Yeah, yeah. And so, what you know, like, you're going to go report, and I, I wouldn't I, – I, I'm telling you right now, I don't blame one single kid if you're a senior in high school and you have to go report because now you're on the bottom of the totem pole. You have to reinvent yourself. Yep. You have to reestablish yourself. You have to earn everything. You have to re-earn. So I have no problem. It's you got. It's almost like, hey, thanks, but it's over. My time here is done, and I got to say goodbye. But I got to go prepare for my next four years. Especially be, with because it's this COVID year, yeah. right? It's not a normal year. Yeah. I don't know that anybody's looking at it like a normal year. Mm-hmm. It's it's just weird. So I, I think that's probably going to happen in certain places. So, I mean, we may have a surprise champion in certain certain divisions yeah. and certain sports just because of things like that happening. No, oh, yeah. So that'll be interesting. And then you always – you never know with whole COVID and – right? I know just talking about something different is Clovis East, Clovis North game got canceled. They're re- – on Monday or they're replaying that game. They, oh, are they? Okay. Yeah, so they moved uh, Clovis West, Clovis East game up like on a Thursday so they could then play – they have enough time – like enough time apart so they can yeah. play. And so, yeah. So, you know, and it's just that whole thing, like what happens all of a sudden, like we saw it in the NCAA tournament where a team got hit with COVID. They, right. They had to forfeit. And like, you know, what happens in the playoffs if somebody gets COVID? Yeah. <laughs> you just forfeit that game, you know, you forfeit, you move on. And so it'll be interesting to see with playoffs and everything as well. Knock on wood that it, uh, we can somehow make it through without it, without too many issues like that. But Yeah. Also, uh, shout out to uh, Clovis North had a big win in softball, knocked off Clovis High, and Clovis High doesn't lose much in the so- no. in softball. So my classroom when I was at Clovis Elementary is right next to the Clovis High softball field. Yeah. So they literally would walk by my class every day, and that and I would sit, I could sit in my classroom out the window and watch them. That is like a straight military precision. How mm-hmm. Clovis High softball team is. Coach Noel, like he, they are an absolute machine. Yeah, and he's a legend himself. Yeah. and they just they don't they don't lose much. And no, North. I think it was last night actually, Friday night. I think North beat him two to one. Yeah, so that's a big that's a big win for North. So. Yeah, and that's what crazy too is because one of the North's best players, she transferred out. Uh, Elizabeth Moffat, who's going to uh, she signed committed to go to Fresno State. Yeah, she's in Texas now. Yeah, she yeah. moved to Texas and I believe like. She's like leading this. She was like leading the state in their home runs and stuff like that. I haven't seen the numbers right recently, but I know the first week of the, her season, she was like national player of the year, yeah. player of the week or something. So, yeah, she's so, killing it out there. And, and I remember her telling me the year before last year, because her sister was on that team, like that would have been the best Clovis North softball team they would have ever had. Crazy. So, yeah, but. she's she she took off to Texas and then it's gonna come right back here mm-hmm. next next year. Yeah. So family family opened up, uh started they have a business here in Fresno, but they opened one and they were opening it in Texas and so yeah. just that family move. It's cool. Uh, it's cool that we'll get to see her back in uh back in Bulldog uniform yeah. too. So yeah, she's she's a stud. But so we're talking about playoffs, right? We have open divisions. 
we got to talk about this. So I'm starting to see some speculation on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, basketball last year brought in the open division. Yep. And uh, I, I think it's time to start speculating about who who might be in there. So um, girls, I feel like is a little bit easier to talk about. Yeah, boys, there's, there's a whole lot of mess going on. Boys, it could there's you know. Let's get to the boys in the state. Let's yeah. start with the girls. It's a little bit more straightforward. Yeah. So obviously, we have West and San Joaquin Memorial. Yeah. By far the two best teams. One, one, two, two, one. Yeah. Probably your two top Doesn't, teams. Yes. Yeah. By far the two best teams in girls basketball. Then you have a little area where you have Clovis Buchanan, and I'll throw Carruthers in there. Yeah. And then I'll put us right underneath at Clovis North. I'll put us right underneath that area. And it'll. I. We were kind of talking about off the air. Carruthers plays Buchanan. May 21st. That's a big game. That is a huge game because yeah. we were kind of talking about if Carruthers beats Buchanan, Buchanan just beat Clovis, yeah. right? Um, and Carruthers, Carruthers already has two track, track wins. wins against Clovis East. You now probably put Carruthers in that third slot. At, which, least, at least in the fourth. I mean, it, yeah, like you kind of put them in and if Clovis High and Buchanan end up splitting, whatever, but Carruthers beats Buchanan. That's what I'm saying. I feel like if Carruthers beats Buchanan, you almost – they almost you almost put them in the open division, yeah. And then whoever between Carruthers, I mean between Clovis and Buchanan, or us, if we end up making a late run or whatever, but that would be your right now. I would put West one, Memorial two. I would put Buchanan at three, and I'd put Carruthers at four. And it's almost like the you know BCS or yeah. college football <laughs> playoffs, you know, with Clovis High and Clovis North would be the two teams on the outskirts looking out right now. Yeah. I think I think that would I think people could assume those would be the top 6 teams right now that are vying for that open division spot. Yeah, with and Clovis High literally knocking on the door. I mean, they yeah. could they had a tough game against um great game against Buchanan just at the end Buchanan was able to pull it off. Um but you know, Clovis plays Clovis West this week. Yeah. So that's a big one. We play Buchanan. Um so it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Yeah. But um the 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 biggest thing there is just you know what happens with Crothers they you know yeah it's either they're either going to win a D five title or do they get to jump all the way up and compete yeah, in the open and division find out you know how they compete against Memorial and Clovis West to me that's one of the most exciting storylines we have mm-hmm. is getting to the the idea of maybe getting to see them compete at the highest level yeah so that's what I'm I'm hoping for I just want to see you know let's let's see what they can do yeah and they they've They've passed every test up until this point. Yeah. So, but those they've that's a big test right there. So, mm-hmm. but you know, I agree. state champions, maybe they got it in them. Yeah. We just don't know yet. So. Yeah. And then on the boys' side, oh, you know, the boys' little, side is just it's a mess. I would put St. Joe's as one. And that's the thing. No, nobody's really seen them play yet. But it's there, yeah. there's a lot of rumors that they're they're low. Yeah, I've heard from different uh, coaches I've talked to. Um, boys coaches, they just said they're by far the top team in this section. But then it's just after them, they play Bullard today too. So it'll be interesting to see how they do against Bullard. We'll kind of we'll know later on how they are. Um, yeah, it'll be a good it'll be a good you know to see what how that game goes. But then it's it just becomes a cluster because you have Memorial Bakersfield Christian Clovis West. You have Clovis North. Um, you can almost put it like you have central, you know, like you have these teams, you have Bullard, you know, it's just when you look at it, it's like, all right, um, Bakersfield Christian yeah. beat Clovis West. I think they beat them twice. 
Yeah, but then North Clovis North beat, beat Bakersfield Christian twice. Yeah, exactly. Um, you have Memorial who split with West, but then Memorial beat Clovis North. It's just you have all this intertwining. And yeah, I have no clue how that's going to play out. I mean, if we have to, if, if I have to choose, I'm thinking the in some order the top the top four got to be, you know, St. Joe's Memorial Clovis West. And I don't know. Yeah, I would. Does Bullard I, sneak into there? Does, yeah. Does Bakersfield Christian sneak in? Does Clo- yeah, Clovis North? North? Yeah. And uh, so that'll be the interesting thing. And and it's one of the things I think it's tough too is it's almost like when you talk about when you talk about like in the end of college football they talk about like oh or even like NCAA tournament right the conference tournaments the you know they have teams to play against right like yeah. the power your strength of schedule right like. For instance, like you go in the ACC, you're going to have a lot more top teams you can play to build up that resume. Whereas, like, that's the thing I look at is like Bakersfield Christian. When, you know, we start going down this home stretch, who, like, league wise, you know, like playing wise, are they going to, you know, like, how many quality, win- I guess you would say quality wins are they going to be able to? Yeah, I'd have to look at their schedule again. But yeah. I don't think they're playing a normal league. No, they anyways. don't play a normal league. Yeah. And so it's like, and that's tough too because you're playing, you play these teams out of area and, like it's kind of hard to base that, you know. Yeah. And so, whereas Clovis North, you know, their only loss right now in league is to West. To West, yeah. And you know, if they split with West, and you know, or so, yeah, it's it'll be interesting. Where like if Bullard beats St. Joe's, splits with Memorial, yeah. You know, it's yeah, it it'll be interesting. It'll be be really really interesting. And then you have Central, who's long and athletic, yeah. Um, East, they play hard. Like East, they haven't, you know, they they're behind in games because of COVID and all. But, but yeah, it'll East. It is, East always they play hard. They, they lost they, the Memorial in overtime. You know, yeah, and, they play hard. They, you know, coach has them going out there. All, you you know what you're gonna get. They're gonna they're gonna play hard. They're gonna be competitive. Camden Thompson's having a year out there. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned Central. Uh, what's his name? Cedric Cowards. Seems this seems to be like the year of the big performances. By the way. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah, Cole going for what do you go for? Forty? Forty again and after fifty and Yeah. You know, AJ George is doing AJ George things. Yeah, it's crazy. And the funny thing is I was I'll with, give a shout out to my Fresno Christian guy. Orion had a career high yeah. with like thirty five. Yeah. Um but I remember I was with John Egan and Demetrius Porter and watching Cole Anderson. Demetrius Porter said Cole Anderson's the Steph Curry of our section and the more and more you watch him, it's just yeah, kick him flat out, shoot it. Yeah, he doesn't look like he knows how to miss sometimes. Yeah, it's just he's yeah. When and he that night he had fifty one, that final shot at the at the buzzer, that ball had no business going anywhere near the rim. Yeah, he just he just couldn't couldn't miss. No, and then yeah, you it's one of those things that's like he's just you look at his stat line and then it's just like he's having thirty forty, and then it's just yeah yeah. Yeah, it's the year the year of the big performance, man. It's all up and down the section, just huge, huge games. Dudes are going off, so it's been fun to watch. No, yeah, it's been. And then we talk about Memorial. Memorial guys are just going crazy as well. And yeah, JoJo's having a year. As Mike Davis and, and Roz is absolutely correct. We didn't even get to really see this Mike Davis kid, and he is just yeah. he is just putting up unbelievable numbers. And you almost forget they have a kid who's going to Rice, right? Yeah, you know, and it's just like, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, Gron, and yeah, they're just loaded. So 
Absolutely loaded. Well, but it'll be fun these next couple of weeks just going down this home stretch for baseball and yeah, and it's gonna be. Basketball. I mean, especially fun as we start to see these final final weeks go play out and to see you know who's who's gonna be in those that open division. Mm-hmm. So on the girls' side, it, it, can Carruthers sneak sneak their way in there? Yep. I mean, I think to me that's that's the exciting storyline. Yeah, May twenty first. Yeah. That Friday, Buchanan, that's Buchanan Brothers. Game, right? yep. Yeah. So that'll be the one. That'll be their test. And yeah. You know, I think if you win, Crothers wins, you put them in the open. If they if, if they win that game, they got to be in the open, yeah. I think. Um, but, yeah, if they lose, you know, depending on what the score is, stuff like that, then that becomes a whole other debate. So, Yeah. And but, if I'm Crothers, let's go for it. Let's try no, to get yeah, in the open. Yeah, that's what I love about it. Yeah, I mean, especially in a year like this, I mean, you're not going to have a – they're not going to go to state level or, you know. At, yeah. Are they doing state? I don't think they're yeah, doing I don't state. Think they're, it's yeah, just going to be a section just, yeah. title. Go for, go for the top. Yep. So, yeah, it'll be fun to see these next couple weeks play out. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, what do we got going? What, we, we haven't talked about today's episode yet. No. Uh, we have a buddy of mine, Julius Smith. Yeah, another local kid. Local kid. Uh, started, at a, started at the Hoove, then went to Bullard. He's all about the Battle of Barstow. You don't see many kids Just. transfer... And, uh, between those two schools he is the battle of bars yeah yeah um but all just great story all five foot seven <laughs> eight whatever five nine whatever he's not really five nine i know for a fact he ain't five nine let's no just offense, go Julius. let's just go with six one he's six <laughs> foot one <laughs> put a couple stilts on him um but no julius has a great story just just the perseverance of right just not giving up having yeah. a dream a goal of wanting to play college basketball and right, just sending out, just doing whatever he can, just sending out emails, contacting people. Right, he goes from F- Fresno to Barstow to Sacramento, then down in Riverside, makes an absolute name for himself as a coach, and right parlays that into a D two assistant job. And yeah, not only is it a D two assistant job, it's one of the best D twos in the country. They're killing it right now at Point Loma. Yeah, right. And there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot worse places you could be coaching basketball than no overlooking when your gym yeah. overlooks the ocean like that. Yeah, and if you've never seen Point Loma, if you've never been to their campus, you are missing something. Yeah, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. It's absolutely yeah, unbelievable. Just you're right there on the right there at the beach. Yeah, Sunset Cliffs right the, right, yep. right on the backside of campus right there. It's um, it's legit. But yeah, just, you know, him talking about his story has a burst of energy. Yeah. Just has a bunch of energy. Um but he's going to be a college basketball head coach one day. That's going to be awesome. You know, and he's and has a great story and I just, you know, that's that's one thing I love about this podcast is being able to talk about guys like him, people that a lot of people don't even know he's from Fresno. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we I, it was just fun to hear his story cuz I didn't know anything about him. Yeah. I, I, you know, at first, you, I didn't know he was from Fresno. Yeah. And then you get to hear this this crazy story about a kid who played on both sides of the Battle of Barstow, yeah. you know, and then now he's doing big things in the coaching world. And, you know, he w- made his name. He was doing the AAU stuff, too, yep. with, uh, was it West Coast Elite? Yeah. And then, yeah, so he just did, you know, did different AAU stuff. And, right, one of his teammates – Really, one of his teammates he met up uh, in college. I went yeah. Jessup, kind of got him into coaching, and you know, and it's, that's kind of that story from there. But no, it's unbelievable story. Great interview. Absolutely enjoyed it. Yeah. So, uh, hope you guys enjoy this. Once again, uh, find us on social media, Pod Off, uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench, and uh, you know, 
tweet us, reach out, interact with us. Let us know you guys are, let us know you're listening. So uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button and uh, we'll get right to it here. Enjoy this interview with Mr. Julius Smith. And then also I got to give a congratulations to Julius Smith's guy, Justin Downer. Congratulations on uh, just having, having a baby. So congratulations. Hey, nice. Very nice. All right, here we go. Julius Smith uh, from Point Loma. Jason, we got a we got a fun one today. You ready for this one? I'm excited, man. I think a lot of people don't even know this man's from Fresno. He's out here. His story is unbelievable. Going from junior college, playing at a four year, coaching at a high school. Now he's a D two assistant at one of the best D twos, not only in the West Coast in the country. Yeah, up and coming college coach, and uh, you know we're gonna learn. We're gonna hear all about the story today. Yeah, it's absolute pleasure to have Julius Smith on this on this uh, podcast today. Ju- Julius, how we doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Listen, I'm I'm super pumped. These opportunities right here are, are few and far in between. Um, and when I can have this opportunity to not only talk life but talk hoops, I, I just get geeked up like we're playing in, in the PacWest Championship tomorrow night. So if my energy level is on 20, you guys tell me to come down, but it's probably going to stay on 20 throughout the duration of this phone call. Oh, we're going to try to match that. we got to try to match it up there. We're going to have to turn it up <laughs> a notch. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we're good Let's with it. Go. We're, we're good if you're up on 25, Coach. Keep it going. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about, guys. Let's get after it. The only thing is, Daniel and I don't know what it's like to play in the PacWest Championship, be a part of that game, but I know you do. <laughs> I, I do. I have some. I have some experience with that in year one. We we were lucky enough to have some guys that really bought into our culture and, and really believed. I, I think the first thing you got to do is believe. You got to believe in what you're doing, and those guys did. And we were able to take it all the way to 18 and four in the PacWest in our first year, and winning a PacWest championship and, and, and finishing in the top 25 in year one after, you know, taking over the job when, you know, they had just went to the national championship. So that, that carryover, that, that consistency and sustainability is something that we've been preaching in our program and our guys have been pushing it through and through even to this day. Well, Coach, let's, uh, let's go back to the beginning. Where, where'd you come from? Oh, man. Um, right here in Fresno, man. I'm, I'm, I'm right here in, northern, in North Fresno. Um, th- this is home. This this is where it all began for me. I'm I'm an Awani school gra- graduate. Um, I, I I was a little pace and, and ended up starting at Hoover High School um, when Tim Edmonton was there. And I think that was at the epitome of Hoover High School basketball. I think that thing was was really booming and Coach Edmonton had it really in place. I think the thing that resonated with me the most about that was not only was there an immense amount of talent in the gym, but everyone in the gym that was talented played so damn hard. And it, it wasn't a choice. It was a standard. Um, and, and they lived up to that standard through and through on a consistent basis. And I thought Coach Anderson did a great job of just being charismatic through everything. He talked to the lower levels. He, he, he talked to the, to the eighth graders, the seventh graders. And he was a great relational coach. So my earliest memories of basketball at the high school level was, damn, you know, Coach Anderson does a great job. He's super organized. He's super intentional. He does a great job of being able to be relatable with his players. Um, and it really resonated with me throughout my whole tenure at, at Hoover. Um, like I said, there's people don't know this, but there's a lot of really great basketball players that come from the Central Valley. A lot of really great basketball players, and a good number of those were at Hoover High School. Like, and Coach Hamilton was coaching them in the early days. I mean, the HIT is something that I remember to this day. I have fond memories of just the gym being packed, the event centers do. You can't find anywhere to sit. You're standing up. It's Edison versus Hoover. It's the West Side, which is considered, you know. 
the 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 ruffians, the the rough around the edges guys against you know the 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 north the North Fresno kids that are two two one in and four out one in and, and pressing on makes and misses. I just remember my fondest memories of basketball being man. These guys are playing at an extremely high level, and they're sustaining an extreme level of playing hard throughout the whole game. So I was excited to be a part of that deal. Um, it was super, super impactful and formative in my early days of, of just recognizing, like, you go to open gyms with Coach Amiston and you're on Coach Amiston's team, and it's five players on the court. And he, he turns to you before you even start, and he says, what option are you on the court right now? And being me, super confident in my ability, oh, I'm three or four, Coach. He said, no, you're six. I'm like, Coach, there's, no, there's five players on the court right now. How, how, how am I six? So you just really got a, you really got an early understanding of what the expectation was, what the skill skill sub skill set needed to be, um, and how you needed to be able to sustain that to impact the program. I think from there, I had a great two years at Hoover, but I, I thought it was time for me to have a, a fresh change. I think when Coach Amundsen left to go to Clovis East, we had a basketball guru on campus already. That was kind of li- of a liaison for the men's and women's program in Peter Sharkey. Um, and, and he just brought a different style of basketball. We were accustomed to 2-2-1 press and 4-out-1 in and, and playing hard and, and trapping from the front and, and kind of mixing it up in that way. And I think Coach Sharkey brought a different mentality in terms of some ball screen continuity concepts and really sharing the ball and really, you know, playing off of flare screens and setting back screens and playing off of dribble handoffs. And I thought that was that was a rich form of basketball that I had never really been familiarized with. But I didn't quite think that it was the way that I was going to be successful um, at a high level. So I ended up finishing my two years at Bullard High School, my junior and senior year, uh, and playing for Jody Sharp, um, who who did a great job while he was there at Bullard. I think he may still be at Madeira South now, correct me if I'm wrong. He's still Um, there. He's still there. Okay, perfect, perfect. So I ended up finishing my two years there where I think I was able to have a little bit more economy as a basketball player. as you guys may be familiar as with, you know, when you look at me, you're not going to think this guy played college basketball. I'm, I'm five seven, soaking wet. <laughs> I, I don't get much on Monday. I'm the same on Tuesday that I was on Monday in terms of height. Whether I have who kicks on or not, I'm the same height. So with that being said, you got to be, you got to be really gritty. You got to have a dogged mentality. You got to be willing to do things that are not going to be noticed in the stat sheet when you're my height. You got to do it at a super high level. Um, so I was able to do those things throughout high school. And, had some successful years and turning that program around from being, you know, the bottom of the league to winning league in our senior year and, and playing for league championships and, and having a high level of success. And, and then from there, you know, I, I kind of took a gap year. Uh, I'm just trying to focus on what I needed to do to be a college basketball player. I think the thing I tell kids so much to this day when we're going through the recruiting process is so much of what you're doing right now is marketing yourself. Uh, it, it, it's how you sustain yourself on social media, which wasn't as prevalent back then as it is now, how, what standard you hold yourself to, because before I can coach you to a high standard, I need you to hold yourself to a high standard. That makes the coaching process seamless, and it makes it an easier transition for you to go from high school to college. I needed to learn how to do those things. So I took a gap year, started taking some classes at Fresno City, really poured into the academics in a more serious way than I did in high school, because I figured if I was going to be able to do something, I needed to have my grades taken care of first. Uh, in that process, guys, I must have emailed 49 uh, Juco coaches to hit me back. JP uh, College and Barstow College. Okay. JP ended up kind of falling. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Because Jay, you're just moving so quickly, man. You weren't joking around. You're just high, just going, going, going. <laughs> so I want to, I want to go back to Co- Coach Sharkey. Go, yeah. Let's go back to Coach Sharkey. How's that spin on them layups? 
Oh, my 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 spin on my mic is immaculate now. Even to this day, if if you're not if you're not overspinning and your son's not finishing on the inside, you're restarting the, the mic and drill from the beginning. <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a it's a must for me. So my my touch on the mic in, you know, same foot, same hand, extended, uh, it's elite. And I got Coach Sharky to thank for that guy. He, <laughs> he was he was a guru of, hey hey hey, why is your son not on the inside, Tiger? Always calling people tiger, and I, I would turn to our teammates, and I was like, "Do I look like a tiger? Is, is, there, is there something I'm missing?" But that was his nickname for all of us. So I don't think he knew anybody's. Tiger. I don't think he knew anybody's name because when I was coaching at Hoover, he just still the same nicknames. He called the girls the same thing, the guys same thing. I was like, "I don't." That's, I was like, at the same time, you don't got to learn anybody's names. You just call them the same thing over and over. I think when I look back on it now, that was his escape mechanism for not knowing everyone's <laughs> name. But he was. He was so highly regarded and so highly respected that I just—he was like the godfather of basketball. So he didn't really feel like he needed to know anybody's name. <laughs> no, I agree. But how was the transition? Obviously, you have Battle of Barstow, right? You're at Hoover. You have friends at Hoover. I know you still have friends to this day that you're boys with at Hoover. But now, you know, all of a sudden you go from Hoover. Now, all of a sudden you're going to Bullard. That's a big time rivalry. What was that like? You know, man. To be honest with you, it was tumultuous because for the first two or three weeks when school started at Hoover and my friends didn't know that I was there. Um, I think it was maybe a family decision for us to keep it in house until we can make the transition cemented. So it was tough when your friends are calling the house and they're asking where you are and why you haven't been at school or haven't been at open gyms early in the season to try to find the words um, to be able to describe them that you're no longer at Hoover. It was tough for me. And it's something that I dodged for a long time. Now transgressing into, into playing at, against Bullard and Hoover, that's a big-time rivalry, like you said. The gym is packed on either side, and it was especially notated uh, for me because I felt, you know, and this was my own mentality at that time, like I felt like Hoover didn't think I was good enough to play there. So now I'm going to show them through my consistency, my hard work, my own individual development, and my holistic development at Bullard that I was damn good enough to play there, that I was damn good enough to stay on this side of town and not have to take it you know, you know, past Bullard, you know, to go to go somewhere else and, and, and be at Bullard High School. So when we played in those games, it was intense. And, and, and every possession mattered. It seemed like one possession was equivalent to five. And, you know, me, I, I play with a little extra fire. I'm already kind of a fiery guy, a little bit of a pit bull. But when you play those games and you're setting up in your press and you get an early steal on one of your friends and you get an and one layup and you turn to the bench and you kind of scream at them a little bit and then all your friends are standing up, check him up, check him up. And then you get a tech and you're kind of like, it's whatever, it's whatever, let's go. I'll take the tech. I'll eat it. I'll eat that tech. Let's go. We're up six now. I think it starts to resonate. But then after the game's done, you call your friends, you guys all meet up at In-N-Out in River Park, and you're laughing. You got your Buller gear on. They got their Hoover gear on. So I think at the end of the day, our relationships were so embedded in love that we wanted what was best for one another that even though the rivalries were there school-wise, and amongst each other, we were always able to separate that for the betterment of our friendship. And they were happy for me when they saw the success I was having at Bullet. No, that's awesome. All right, so now you take your little – take a year off. You said you sent 49 emails. Were they all California JUCOs, or did you go, like, any national JUCOs, or are they all strictly just California? I stayed in California. I think, for me, it, it was imperative at that point in time to try to learn some skills to be close in proximity to home, but not close enough to where, you know, my parents, you know, could drive 45 minutes to see me, but not so far where they needed to drive, you know, seven or eight hours to come see me. So I kept it really in the SoCal and NorCal region. Um, okay. But I think the thing I learned early and often was 
you send those emails out and I get them now to this day, you, you are one of thousands of prospective student athletes that are emailing coaches. So you're, you're kind of a needle in a haystack. You're just, you're, you're finding ways to be different. You're finding ways to stand out. You're finding ways to, to make yourself marketable. Um, but, you know, I'll be honest with you guys, man. During that time, I, I had a lot of doubt. I had a lot of self-doubt. Um, I, I had a lot of uh, uh, tough times trying to transgress through that and trying to get myself out of this mode of, am I good enough to play college basketball? Am I good enough to be a formidable college basketball player and end up being at, a, at the collegiate level? Um, so 49 emails were sent and, and two hit. Um, and when those two hit, I'll tell you guys, it felt like 2,000. It felt like 2,000 responses in this game when, that, when those two had hit. <laughs> so who hit first, Barstow or Chafee? Chafee hit first. Okay. Um, and what, that, that's where, I, that's where I, was, I was wanting to go. Okay. What did the, uh, what did the Chafee email say? So I, I, I hit Chafee. It was, it was the same email that I had sent. I just formulated it to, uh, you know, who the coach was and changed yeah. a little bit of sentences in terms of what I wanted. So basically it said, hey, Julius, really, really appreciate your interest and, and, and appreciate you attaching, you know, the following that you've attached. And we're really interested in bringing you down and, and seeing that this could be a match and having you play open gym and tour the campus a little bit. Uh, and I was super excited after that happened. Now, I remember it. it happened on a Tuesday. And I was super excited and geeked up about that. And I told my parents, I said, listen, pack the car up. Help me get my stuff in the car. I'm going down to Chasey. I'll figure it out. I got a couple friends in the SoCal area. I'll couch surf until I get to the open gym. No quicker than Thursday, um, I got a return email because the trip was going to be planned for Friday, essentially just saying that they had recruited over that position they recruited over me. They had somebody they were bringing in that felt would be a little bit more uh, imperative to recruit than I was. So as quickly as I was excited, um, I was right back where I started in terms of what I was going to do with college basketball. Okay, so then Bar. So does at this time Chafee hits you back, then they hit you back with another one, and then does Barso hit you after, or did Barso hit you in that same time period? Barso must have been about two weeks later. Um, oh. So we were we were etching close to we were etching close to school starting. It, 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 this was this was late June, um, you know, excuse me, late July, early August. This was this was coming up on the time where you need to start to make some decisions of where you're going to be to school at. So um, it, it, it got aligned the stars for me in terms of Barso. Um, Robert Uphoff, who's now the head coach at El Camino College, was at COS for a long time. He had got his first head coaching gig at Barso. So. In terms of trying to formulate a roster, everything needed to be expedited really quickly. So he's he's shifting through emails and connections and, and, and coaches' recommendations, and you know I had some references that aligned with you know who he knew and respected. Um, and he called me back. You know, literally, I got an email on a, on a Wednesday. He called me on a Saturday. He said, "Listen, school's starting here. Workouts are starting here in about two and a half weeks. So th this is going to be a, 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 a very quick." introductory conversation that we have here and it's going to need to end with are you in or are you out because I've seen enough and heard enough to know that I'm in but I, I need to know whether you're wanting to take this leap of faith um, as well and, and, and that was that was scary that that was you know it felt rushed it felt quick but also it felt like I, I needed to take a chance on myself and this was my chance being presented to me that's awesome so did you not send emails to like the local ones like a COS or Reedley or City or like Merced, Modesto? Like, were those like, hey, I, I just want to get out of Fresno type stuff? Or, gosh, man, I, I'm so glad you asked that question. That's an awesome question. So, I, I, I did send emails out to, to, to local community colleges and it also went um, 
to, to work out in the local community college. And I think I can tell this story about Fresno City now because my uh, my mother is was the head of counseling, was head of the counseling department, and she's getting ready to retire. And she knows Ed Maddox really, really well. So this is when Ed first got the job. And if anyone knows Ed, you know he, his competitive spirit is on a hundred at all times. So I went I went to the workout and I did well in the workout. But as we talked about prior, I have the means to stature. So you know. I'm going through the workout, and, and this is when he had Jonathan Hewitt playing, who was at Fresno, Fresno High, and was an incredible player, incredible athlete. And, and throughout the duration of the workout, guys, it turned from me working out to now me being on what felt like the scout team in terms of, you see little guards like this? We're going to post these little guards up all the time. Hey, hey, you, you, you get down here and defend. So now it turned in for me being part of the workout. So now I, I was the quintessential example of what it would look like matchup-wise for him with his guards on smaller so I, I kind of I kind of found out quickly that you know what I I don't think this is going to be a match for me I I, I don't quite think this is going to be be successful for me in, in terms of me coming to Fresno City and, and to his credit he had high level players and and he had he he had really really good system in place to get those players to come there um, I didn't have as much success at Reedley um, he told me that you know he was kind of looking in a different direction uh, Modesto I I went there and, and and worked out really really well. Um, but also kind of the same responses, you know, thanks, but no thanks. And, you know, I tell kids to this day, I said, listen, for every, you're going to get 20 no's. You're going to get 20 no's. And, and one may come from Point Loma too, but don't let that disregard you. Don't let that deter you because when you get one yes, it's going to supersede those 20 no's tenfold. You're going to forget about all the no's and you're going to be extremely locked in on the one yes that you got. That is awesome, man. That is awesome. All right. So, you're heading to Barstow, California, and most people, <laughs> only time they stop in Barstow is to get gas on their way to Vegas. <laughs> yes, sir. Not tell that story, man. You're telling the truth. Not many people <laughs> stop in Barstow, California. And I remember when I was in JUCO, we played in Barstow, and I was like, where the heck is Barstow, California? And I was like, we heading to, I was like, we heading to Vegas? And they're like, no, nope, it was right there on the way. And I was like, okay. Let's go do this. So let's talk about Barstow, California, Barstow Junior College. Uh, you know what? I, I'll, I'll say it, it, it has multiplicity to it because I think it was, it was some of the most strenuous times in my life, but it, there, there were formative years in shaping me into the man that I am today. Um, and, and I'll be very honest and forthright with you guys. There was a lot of times where, you know, my mother and father wanted their 18-year-old son to come home. They, they, they didn't want me in, in adverse circumstances because – as a child growing up, you, you prepare a kid for adverse circumstances by most of the time trying to keep them away from those situations. Like, you, you don't thrust your kids into adverse circumstances. So that's how I describe it when I was at Barstow. It, it, it had duality to it. Um, it was where I, I, I found out that I have a lot of mental fortitude. It's where I found out that I can withstand and I can endure uh, and that my mental capacity was a lot greater than I had ever thought it could be. But it was also a time in, in which I was – in an area that is kind of sequestered in between, um, you know, Vegas and, you know, Needles and all, all these different places where it, it's not really on the map. People don't really know where it is. And it's, it's a lot of gang affiliations out there. It, it, it's a lot of, you know, adverse circumstances that I didn't quite, you know, prepare for in going there. So, and me going to Barstow, I think for me, I was different than the other kids that were being recruited there. It was a heavy, heavy Vegas impact. Um, there was kids from Seattle that were there. Um, there were a whole lot of athletes that were in the gym. And like, as we talked about already, I'm not athletic. <laughs> that, that, that's not my strength. That wasn't, that, 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 that's not what I do. But in being in the gym, I understood. If 
if I'm going to play here, if I'm going to make an impact here, if I'm going to be a guy that's going to stand out, I got to do every and anything I can that's going to make the coach understand this guy can be accountable. I can count on this guy. I can depend on this guy. I can put him in the game. He's going to execute at a high level. He's going to have his nose on his shoulder. He's going to be turning guys. He's going to be boxing out, ensuring that if he doesn't get the ball, the person that he's boxing out doesn't get it either. So right away from day one, I tried to win every sprint. I tried to be at that point in time in my life, I was in the best shape that I had ever been in. So I, I tried to win every sprint. I tried to, to, to max every rep I could in the weight room. Um, and, and I tried to be, the, I really tried to just squeeze every ounce of juice out of that lemon that I could. And it ended up paying off of it. It, it, it ended up getting me in the rotation early. But I think that that's only half of it. How I like to say it is, is you, you, you can't account for the other 22 hours that you have to spend outside of the two hours that you have for practice. And those other 22 hours were tough. They were filled with me trying to keep my head down um, and stay out of trouble, me, me trying to stay away from, you know, numerous amounts of gang affiliations that were there that, you know, they see somebody that's trying to keep their head down. They see somebody that's trying to focus on their academics, that's trying to make away from themselves, that's trying to get out of Barstow, and you become a target. Um, and, and a lot of times for me, you know, it, it, it was going to class and going home and getting to the, to the grocery store and learning how to cook for myself, learning how to create a schedule, learning how to, learning how to hold myself accountable to get to academic meetings, learning how to make my own schedule so that if the counselors, you know, made a mistake in, in my units and, and transferable units, that I didn't make those mistakes, um, that I was going to hold myself to a different standard. I was going to ensure that I had a, a chance of success. Um, and, you know, my, my, father, my father always told me from my early years, if you want something done, you make sure that you count on yourself to do that. Uh, and, and that carried over with me throughout all of our stuff. And I'll be honest with you guys, man, it, it, it was an extremely tough time. It's where I found out who I really was. Um, it, it's where I found out who I thought I could be. Um, and that same mentality that I had in getting through Marshall is the same mentality that I had in getting where I am today. So a lot of the times I have to thank Marshall for allowing me to learn the blessings and allowing me to, to, to be a part of that process where I could be thrown into the fire right away and I can make some early mistakes often and learn from those and then rectify them so that on the latter end of, of my development while in Barstow, I didn't make those same mistakes. No, that's awesome. So I imagine you probably had about 45 scholarship offers after Barstow Community College. <laughs> I wish, man. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> all right. So all of a sudden, right, you're at Barstow. And then somehow a man who's actually, I said, Hey, they had you listed at five, nine. And I was like, mm, that's, 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 we're, we're out here giving this man a couple inches here. But how do you end up, you go from Fresno to Barstow all the way up to Sacramento at William Jessup. Explain that. Yeah. It, 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 it's such an incredible story. And I don't think that I give myself enough credit to look back on it until we have this conversation because I just, I think of it as a deposit to my development. But as I, as I get done with Barstow, you know, Coach Uphoff had left after year one. It was a tough grind. And I, I think all of us know, like, even as a head coach, you don't make a lot of money unless you're tenured at the JC level. Um, you know, coaching basketball is not where the money's going to be. A lot of those times, those guys are educators first, which is the beauty of JC basketball. So he wasn't quite an educator yet, and he, he wasn't on the track to be tenured there, so he had to make a decision to leave. Now we have a new coach. Uh, year two, Reggie Howard, um, who was at uh, Long Beach State with Larry Reynolds, and it, it was really well known in the Southern California area as a great recruiter. Um, now he's the coach at Renee High School, which is a powerhouse that has multiple top 100 guys there. Now he comes in, um, and now 
similar to the Hoover experience with Coach Emerson as we transition to Coach Sharkey, I'm transitioning from a certain way of playing and expectation of Coach Upall, so now I have to change it and, and, and evolve with, 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 with uh, Coach Howard. So I was we in the sophomore season, uh, you know, I have zero offers. I have nothing, nothing on the table, no partials, uh, no looks from anywhere. I had nothing, guys. So I found myself right back in the same spot that I was in when I was trying to start my college career in the hopes of continuing my college career. So it, it, it was it was a conundrum that I was involved in, and I'm right back to being in that stressed place where I'm trying to answer questions, I'm trying to figure out equations, I'm trying to create some type of action plan for me to get where I want to be, um, and nothing's in it. And I think, you know, for guys, I really have a fond adoration for JC guys because when you want to go and you're done with JC, it's hard to get from a JC to a four-year college. It's very hard. You have to be very talented. Usually a lot of the times you're either developing in the transfer portal these days now or you're recruiting high school players so that you can develop them from a young age when they get when they hit campus. So I have a fond adoration for JC guys, and I was in that same mold. Um, so I had to take about six months off. Uh, and school had started, and, you know, I found myself here, home, working, you know, staying in the gym, working guys out on the side, on, on the deep east side in, in the church gym. You know, I'm working out from, from 10 to 1, and then I'm working guys out from 1 to 4, and then I'm going and packing groceries at Fresh and Easy to try to keep my ends stacked up, um, all the while telling myself every time as I'm following my peers, I can have the same opportunities that they have. I just got to work a little harder. I'm not as talented. Uh, I'm not 6'5". I, I can't score it at all three levels and handle it in Wall Street situations the way that they can, but I can give something to a college program. Um, so all the while I'm packing groceries at Fresh and Easy, you know, I, I, I'm imagining and I'm spinning the ball out and I'm playing off reverse pivots and I'm, and I'm jabbing. I'm jabbing until the next customer comes and I'm playing off, off a pump jab. And all the while I'm trying to keep sharpening my skills because my dream, you know, was not to end it there. My dream was to continue to evolve and become a collegiate basketball player and graduate with a bachelor's degree and, and minimize, you know, my, my debt, you know, while in college and get a scholarship. Um, so I, again, hit the emails. And this time, you, you take it from 49, I emailed 75 schools. Um, and I kept, I kept it realistic. I think I was realistic about myself. I wasn't a Division One player. I was not a Division One player. I knew that. I understood that. That was okay. So Duke and Kentucky, so Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, we didn't send those emails out. Coach Self and Coach Krzyzewski and Coach Calipari said, you know what, thanks, if something ends up happening (laughs) and we don't get a 13th scholarship player, we're going to hit you back and see if we can make a way for you. So I appreciate them to this day, Coach K, so, you know, Coach Calipari, shout out to you guys. I appreciate you, but no, no, those schools that had been eliminated early and often, but I, I did hone in on the CCA school. Cal State Santa Claus, Cal State Monterey Days, um, some really good NAIA schools, and, and I hit William Jessup, and I hit Westmont, and I hit the Masters, and, and also, you know, Division three schools. I, I hit, you know, you know Whittier, and I, I, I hit LeBurne, and, you know, I, did, I didn't put myself in this box that a lot of people put themselves in this day when we're dealing with potential students. I got to be Division one or nothing, because as we can see from Northwest Missouri, Missouri State, there are really good basketball players at Division II level, and most teams can beat 70% of the Division I teams right now. Oh, and right. and yeah. they don't believe that they're inferior. They believe that, that they can supersede and that their talents can keep them competing at a high level. So, you know, I, I, I had the same mentality. And like I said, one hit this time. One hit. Um, I had been working out really heavily with Larry Hazard. Um, you know, rest in peace, rest in soul. He, he was an old, 
old coach at Santa Clara when Steve Nash was there, but also was the head coach at Casa Dominguez Hills for a while. So him and I had built a great rapport. I mean, he saw something in me that not a lot of people did. He didn't see a 5'7 guy that had big dreams. He saw a 5'7 guy that was willing to work and, and be on time to every workout and help him set up the gym and help him break down the gym and ask if I could stay after and lock the gym up and get extra shots in. So him and I had been working out two or three times a week, and he made a call to William Jessup because he knew the assistant coach there. And he said, listen, I got a kid for you who I think could be a really good player in your program. He's like, He's, he might have been fabricating this a little bit, guys. I'll let you be the decision on that. I, his floater is the second best I've seen since Steve Nash. I think that's what got me in the door, guys. Here's <laughs> said that my floater was the second best since Steve Nash. So Coach Muick, who was at William Jessup, uh, ended up giving me a call. Um, and he said, why don't you see your transcript? And I created a workout video. Um, and we just recorded the workout that Coach Alger and I did. Um, and he hit me back and he said, listen, I don't know if that's the second best floater I've seen, <laughs> but it's a pretty good floater. <laughs> it, it, it's a pretty good floater. So he invited me out for an unofficial visit. Um, I toured the campus. Uh, I, I got to spend some time with, with the guys that were there. I played open gym. Uh, and, and I thought I played pretty well on open gym. Like, you know, a lot of the times throughout this process, I have my father to thank because my mom supported me holistically and everything I wanted to do. But my father stayed right by my side with every email that I sent, every visit I wanted to go on. He drove with me. Uh, he, he was my confidant. He was the guy that really encouraged me and told me to stay with it. Um, he's still doing that to this day. So I took him with me to William Jessup. I played open gym. I thought I played pretty well. You know, I, I shot the ball well. I guarded well. I got everybody involved. I communicated. I overly communicated. And then I left, and it was just a handshake and a thank you for coming. So, you know, I took that for what it was, and, and we left, and we went to get gas. Um, at the local gas station, and I fell on top. I said, listen, we gave it the best shot we could. And I thought I paid pretty well, and I communicated really well, and I was organized throughout this whole process. I feel good about where it stands. Well, my phone rings. I missed the phone call, and it was from Coach Muick, so he left the voicemail. And he said, Julius, I, I was really impressed with what you were able to do here at Open Gym and who you are as a person and the family that you come from and, and the individual that I think you are, um, and we want to offer you a scholarship to William Jessup please give me a call back so we can talk about particulars. As I'm listening to that voicemail, guys, I dropped my phone and cracked the front screen in disbelief. Oh I cracked goodness. the front screen. I, I, I picked my phone back up, and I, I, I can't see if the, if, the, if the voicemail was legitimate because, you know, you can go to your voicemail section, click on it, and give you the words that they said. Yeah. So I play it back, luckily. I can still play it. And I, I, I bring my pops over who was paying for the gas. Says, pops, come here, come here, come here. I think this is the one. We listened to the voicemail together, and in fact, he was offering me a scholarship to come be a student athlete at William Justin. I immediately get my father's phone. I call him back. Um, the whole coaching staff was in the office still talking about me, and he said, we want to offer you a scholarship here, man. We want you. We think you can be special here. We think you're the type of student that, 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 that really, really excels here, and if you, if you would have us, we want to have you. Before he could even finish his statement, guys, I said, hell yeah, coach, I'm in. Let me know when I need to be there. Let me know when I need to be there. He said, I, I'm going to say yes to you before you can change your mind, coach. I'm in. <laughs> and and, and that, that was my story about Willie J, guys. And, and I had a great I had a great time there. I met some of my best friends, Justin Downer, um, who's the current head, uh, assistant coach at Cal Poly Slow. Um, he was my teammate, and, and we, we formed a great relationship amongst other people that I was able to meet there. And I got my degree in English, and I was able to fulfill my dream of playing college basketball. I love it, Julius. And, you know, you talk about those days of, you know, bagging groceries at Fresh and Easy. And, you know, I, I think that that's the point right there where most guys give up. 
You know, that's they're done. They're done sending emails. They're done going on visits. Uh, you know, they figure you, you got your two years in a Juco ball and that's it at that point. But I love that you just that that never give up attitude. You kept sticking it out and, you know, it worked out for you. Absolutely. I mean, I think for me, um, I, I have come so far that I, I thought to myself, if I give up now, then I'll always wonder what if. And another thing I never wanted to do was live a life of regret. I always wanted to fulfill every single mission that I had for myself and see it through. And I think, you know, me bagging groceries at Fresh and Easy and recognizing people that had come in that thought I had been gone uh, to junior college and moved on and fulfilled my dreams, you know, they, they had to come to a stark reality just like I did, that there was still more work to be done. And I think that's the beauty in the journey, um, that it's never quite complete. Um, it, it, it always feels like it's incomplete at times, but when you see it through and, and you have that mentality and you're just a dog and everything that you want to do and you complete the journey, it feels that much more fulfilling. Um, it, it gives you that much more gratification. Um, and I think being from Fresno, I wear that workman's mentality on my shoulder every day in every workout, in every practice, uh, in every recruitment situation that we have, in every academic battle that we have to endure. I wear that workman's mentality that was bestowed upon me in my formative years in Fresno throughout my whole early, what was just year two of my college journey. No, like, I think... Like, just looking back at it, you know, you talk about going at JUCO with being at JUCO, Barstow, and then you talked about the kind of like that negative stigma of junior college players and, right, like you, a lot of people watch The Last Chance You, uh, the basketball one, and, right, like basketball, JUCO basketball players, you, there's either, there's that one kid, you have that one kid who's a high school kid who's just, just wants to play, right? He just keeps on, want, he just wants to play. He's really probably not good enough but he's just, he just still wants to be part of that team atmosphere, right? You have the one kid who's insanely talented, but either has done some dumb stuff, right? We can kind of talk about, like, we can kind of put the Joe Hampton, right? If we've also watched Last Chance You, right? Just super talented, super work ethic. Like, you know, just, just his work ethic isn't quite there. His grades aren't quite there. And then you have the other kid who, who really hasn't been noticed, do you know what I'm saying? Who really hasn't been given that fair shot, like really hasn't been noticed and just needs that opportunity. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people think Juco is the kid who it's either the kid who's just not good enough or the kid who has problems. But, um, but yeah, so you go to William Jessup, right? You, you're playing, you talked about Justin Downer, right? Talked about your relationship with him and right. You guys, how do you guys end up at Riverside Poly? Because both of you aren't from Southern California. <laughs> Man, this, you guys are asking some awesome questions. And these are, these are great stories that him and I were literally just talking about a couple of days ago. Um, so in the midst of finishing up my career at William Jessup, um, you, you start to realize, like, hey, what, what is next? What is next in this venture? So I have a degree now, and how do I make that degree applicable? Um, and, and how do I get out in the job market and be impactful? Um, but also continue to scratch the itch of, of some type of competitive sport, um, in which my case was basketball. I, I'm not going to play overseas. That's, that's not an option at this point. I'm not nearly talented enough. I was a good college player. I wasn't a great college player. Um, you know, and, and I'm honest with myself about who I was. I was a good rotation college player. Um, and, and that, for me, was fulfilling enough. Um, and Justin, who him and I connected really early in our process, um, and, and we became really close very quickly, I think, because we had the same mentality of 
you know, he comes from, from harsh beginnings and, and he's had to endure some things and really have a, a fighter's mentality throughout a lot of the situations he's been in. And I had that same journey in getting to William Jessup. So him and I linked up immediately and we started working out, you know, an hour before practice. We'd wake up at 6 a.m. and we'd go get shots up. We both redshirted in my second year of three at William Jessup's, but I could make sure that I graduated and he wanted to fully heal from some injuries that he had been dealing with at the time. And him and I really just connected on what we could be as friends, but also what we could be as teammates. And I think those two things are synonymous with each other because even to this day, he's one of my best friends, but he's also one of my best teammates. Um, and, and that for me has been something that's carried over throughout the duration of our friendship. Um, so when I finished, I was working at the bank, uh, you know, and I think a lot of the times when you go through this story, you start doing these odd jobs. Um, and, and you start to find ways to engage your competitive spirit inside the job market. And sometimes you realize, like, okay, what is it going to be today? Okay, I'm going to set up the most checking accounts, and I'm going to set up the most savings accounts than anyone else in the branch right now. By the time we get done, I'm going to have 15 checking accounts and 13 savings accounts set up, and I'm going to outcompete everyone in this branch. Because as who you are as a basketball player, who you are as an individual, is so much embedded in, so much embedded in competitiveness. So you want to continue to carry that over in the professional environment. So Downer had finished up his career. I graduated a year before he did. He had finished up his career at William Jessup. And from the moment that you have a conversation with Downer, from the moment that you start to feel his aura, you can tell he was made to be on the sideline. Um, he just thought about the game differently. He understood angles. He understood, um, you know, whether we wanted to dog a ball screen or whether we wanted to go under. He understood how to attack from the middle opposite and then hit the corner trip. He just understood things that were a little bit different than a normal college basketball player. And I remember telling him early in our process, I was like, dude, I mean, you're, you're a pretty good player, man, but you could be a hell of an assistant coach as well. I mean, I think you could play both of those players right now. Because he knew two guard like the back of his hand, and he was talking through options that I didn't even know. So he carried over uh, and got a job at, at Riverside Poly. Um, Rick Croy, who's the uh, yep. head coach at California Baptist University. Yep, yep. He's, a, he's, a, he's a huge mentor of mine. He's a huge guy that I lean on. He's a came, huge from guy that, that, came from the JUCO, too. Came from JUCO. Came from a JUCO. Was at, was at a powerhouse at Citrus. He was yep. running through, through Citrus, and he was like 103 and 38 in, 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 in one some state championships. He's, he's doing a hell of a job, an immaculate job at California Baptist in their transition to Division One. Him and Downer got close very fast. Um, and, and he knew the head coach of Riverside Poly, Yancey Dotson, um, and he called Yancey Dotson about Downer. And the way that he had vetted Downer to see that if he had what you call the pure spirit, which is Rick's terminology, is he played two-on-two full court and guarded Downer for three hours. Played two-on-two full court <laughs> and guarded Downer for three hours, guys. And after that time, he had, he had sensed and felt this guy has a pure competitive heart. So I can go to, I can go to that for him. And I'll tell a story later if we have some time about how he did that with me. So Yancey and, and Downer linked up. Um, and right away, Downer was partially assistant. Um, and he thrusted himself in the player development. He thrusted himself in the changing culture. He thrusted himself in the holding Riverside Poly to a different standard, going from winning eight games to trying to, to, to win 19, to win 20 games. So he had an immediate impact in the program, and they were looking for – a guy to be able to coach the lower levels and even the lower level coach. At this time, guys, let me, let me, let me backtrack a little bit by saying I had no idea I was going to be a basketball coach. And I also didn't know that I had the desire in me to be effective in between the lines in a coaching capacity. So Downer, I, I, I'm scrolling through Twitter, or excuse me, I'm scrolling through Instagram, and I see that Downer has announced that he's going to be an assistant coach at Riverside Poly. 
during that time, I had decided to further my education and go get a master's in, in English. So I'm applying to different programs, and Cal Baptist hits me back, and I go through an interview process, and I crush it, and immediately they say, we're, we're granting your admittance in the, in the California Baptist. So now I'm trying to think, like, I've never been to Riverside before. It's foreign territory. If you know anything about Riverside, it's not technically considered Southern California. It's the IE. It's tucked away a little bit. Um, so immediately I text down, I text down and I say, hey, are you coaching at Riverside College? And we hadn't talked maybe for about a good six or eight months. No fault of our own. Just my life had been evolving and his life was finishing up collegiate basketball. But we always remained really, really close. He said, yeah, yeah, I am. I was like, I'm moving to Riverside. He was like, call me right now. So I called him. Um, it's on my lunch. I'm on my lunch break from, from being a, a banker. Uh, actually, it was the CSR, which is a customer service representative, uh, was my actual title. Uh, I'm on my lunch break, and I'm calling him in my car. And we're just talking about the old times and how great it was when we got to compete with each other, how great it was when we went through adversity with one another, how awesome it was when we were able to be a source of reliability for one another. Um, and how we would have to scrounge change together because our bank accounts were depleted and go to Taco Bell uh, and split a, gord- a Gordita Crunch and, and a, a Baja Blast. Like, we would just talk about things that, that kind of made us relatable to one another. And he told me at the end of the conversation, he was like, you, you're going to be dumbfounded by this statement, but I think that your impact in basketball is not done yet. And I think by the time this is all said and done, you are going to be a hell of a basketball coach and you don't even know it. And I, I begin looking at him, or I, I begin listening to him, and I'm like, right, what are you talking about, man? That's not for me. I, I don't have any desire to coach basketball, man. I, I don't know anything about impacting one six lives in a meaningful way. I don't know anybody about anything about using the game to inspire their desire to want to be greater than what they thought they could. Uh, but he stayed with it. If you know anything about Downer, he does not take no for, for an answer, and he inspires belief and creates belief. So he calls me, for the next week, he calls me 17 times. 17 times. And he was like, just take a meeting. Just take a meeting. Just take a meeting with Yancey. Let's just talk about it. I'm reluctant. You know, I, 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 I'm a little bit, I have avoidance. I don't want to do it. Ultimately, I end up taking the meeting um, with Coach Dotson. Um, and Coach Dotson, who, who is a dear friend of mine to this day, incredible basketball coach, incredible human being, extremely relatable. Uh, he, he wears Hawaiian shirts everywhere he goes, so he doesn't look like a basketball coach. But this guy... Uh, is a curator of the game. So we're just all talking basketball. And at the end of it, Coach Dotson just flat out says, are you in or not? Are you in? (laughs) He's like, if you're in, if you're in, let's get to work, man. But if you're not, then, you know, all these things Donna was telling me about you, they're all going to seem like, yeah, in that moment, Downer scouting me from my left. I can see him out my peripherals. He's scouting me from my left like, you better say yes or, or, or it's done. Uh, or don't call me, don't, like, don't, you better say yes. So in that moment, I felt a little bit of pure pressure. Um, I said, yeah, man, I'm in. I'm, let's do it. Um, and granted, I never coached today at basketball in my life. Now I'm going to be a head JV coach, uh, which at the time, I'll be honest with you guys, I, I have a lot of love for those guys at the lower level because I'm from the high school trenches. I, I, never, I never crap on high school coaches because I think they have a thankless job and they, and they do God's work from, from the deepest depths of their heart. Um, I take this thing, I took it as seriously as I could. For me, being the JV coach at Riverside College, felt like I was the head coach at Duke. I felt like I, every time I stepped into the gym, this was my arena. This was my chance to be able to impact in, in a meaningful way. I did, I did JV for a year, and then I did freshman um, for a summer. And then 
So Dustin pulled me in the office and said, you know, he always starts his conversations off with yo. And then, you know, I always hit him back, what's good, coach? And then he's like, I need you to come to my office today. I need to talk to you. So immediately in my mind, I'm going through, what did I do? Did I make a mistake? Did I not follow paper right? Did, 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 did a parent complain on me? Okay, is it over? As to where it started, he pulls me in the office and, and Downer and himself are, are, in, are in the office. And, and they say, listen, um, your skill sets and your abilities have, have shown us that we need you more in a bigger role here on the varsity level. We, we, we need you to come coach here with us. We need your player development. We need your energy. Uh, we need your expertise. Uh, and in that summer, it kind of floated to a different arena for Riverside Poly. We were able to get uh, Lamont Butler, who's a current freshman at, uh, at San Diego State, and DJ Davis, who's a current freshman at UC Irvine. Um, and we had a, a couple of other really nice athletes that were coming into the program that were kind of turning trajectories and making us relevant in Southern California. So as quickly as I was coaching JV guys, I, I found myself on the varsity sidelines competing with those guys on an everyday basis. Um, so that's how I ended up at Riverside Poly. That is absolutely awesome, man. Awesome, awesome story. And knowing Justin, y'all energy levels have to be off the roof when you two are together. <laughs> it's unreal. It's unreal. He used to do this thing with me where I would be getting too amped up and he would just squeeze my leg. He he would be on, on, on my inside on my and he would just squeeze my right leg. And that he didn't have to say anything. That meant it was an indirect signal of, dude, you need to calm down. Relax. You need to bring it down. And I would bring it down. And then, you know, three or four minutes later, it would be back up. And he would have to squeeze my leg again. And he told me, he said, listen, dude, I'm tired of massaging you throughout the game. Okay? <laughs> you need to calm down. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Uh, All right. So talk about how you get with West Coast Elite. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there's AAU basketball. And then there's West Coast Elite. Which not only, do you know what I'm saying? Not only do they get their players places, but I feel like everyone who's ever I know who has coached for West Coast Elite is now coaching collegially. And it's just unbelievable what Ryan Silver, what Jason Simon, what those guys are doing with that program. Absolutely. I mean, I think it was an incredible opportunity for me to try to get put in grassroots basketball. I think when you're coaching collegially, a lot of it is it's a relational business. Um, and you have to have great relationships with different high school coaches and different grassroots coaches and different college coaches because the paradigm is so small that you don't have a lot of room to make mistakes in terms of your relationship. So while I'm coaching at Riverside Poly, like I said, players like Lamont Butler and DJ Davis, they kind of catapult you to a different category because you're looking at these guys as they're working out. You know, of course, they're 14, 15 year olds at the time. You're looking at them. These guys are legitimate Division One basketball players. Like you're working out at a different speed and they're, they're sustaining a different level of excellence on an everyday basis. Um, so it, 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 it starts to look a little bit different. In terms of that, Justin had already broken in the West Coast Elite, um, and he was coaching the top 17 team. So his, his career was starting to, to take an upward trajectory as well in terms of the relationships he had been building. And he was on the bench with some really high-level basketball players, Nico Mannion, Josh Green, uh, Torrey San Antonio, who was at Cal State Fullerton, Oscar Lopez, University of DePaul. Like, he just – he had a lot of really good players he was coaching. So we sat down and we always have conversations at the end of the season about how I can start to become better. What are my areas of weaknesses? How do I need to be able to get those weaknesses to match up to my strength? How do I need to get my strength stronger? Um, and in the midst of having that, that postseason conversation, he said, you need to get your foot in the door with West Coast Elite basketball. Let me stop there 
by saying before I ever coached the game of West Coast Elite, I coached the Riverside Wolfpack, which was a team that was curated with local players around the Riverside area, seventh and eighth graders. The, the, those moments in which I got to coach those guys had really helped to solidify my voice as a coach. It really helped imprint the impact I could have on young kids. Those were some of the greatest kids that I ever got a chance to be able to work with. They listened. They were intentional. They were coachable. They were teachable. They were reachable. They never asked questions. And we beat a lot of the teams that had, you know, emblems on their jerseys. And we did it. You know, we, we, would, we would take our jerseys to a local uh, Riverside manufacturer and get Riverside Wolfpack imprinted on it. And I remember I had a group of seventh graders that ended up going 27-4. and four. Um, And it was the best record in the program. You know, program-wide, top team, eighth grade, you know, you know, temperate, whatever the case may be, they ended up going 27 and four. And we would go to the map every weekend. We would win tournaments and we would beat teams that we had no business playing to the point where I looked on the other side and saw coaches literally telling their players, they're not even a shoe sponsored <laughs> team and you guys can't. And those moments right there really helped to burn a fire on the inside of no matter who I'm coaching, whether they're the underdog, whether the expectation is there for success, I'm going to coach them the same way. So from being able to do that, um, an offer presented itself to be able to coach the top 15 team um, at West Coast Elite. Don Lee Miner, uh, Scotty Martin, uh, Jason Simon, uh, Ryan Silver, um, those, those guys that presented an avenue for me that I never thought would be possible. Now you start to see your career maybe take a little bit of an upward trajectory that you never thought you comprehended in the high school round because now you're working with some of the best uh, young players in Southern California. Um, and you're working with some guys that have aspirations to be high-level Division One players and that are going to end up going to the St. John Boscos in the modern days and the Windwards uh, and uh, those schools of that stature. Um, now I'm on the sideline uh, uh, working with, you know, Lee Minor Jr. and Alex Lou. Uh, we're, all co- we're all co-head coaching, um, and I'm learning from them. They're learning from me. Um, I'm, I'm going to the gym early at El Camino College, and I'm working out, you know, groups of 15, 20 kids. Now the group of 15, 20 the next week evolves into 25, 30 to where I have to slow it down because it's too many for me to just work out by myself. But I made myself, you know, available. And I think that's, that, that's the best ability you can have is your availability. Um, I stayed late. I came early. They really started to notice the amount of work that I was putting in. Um, and they really started to value that and cherish that. And, and I thank them for a lot of what I'm able to do now at, at the collegiate level because they allowed me the space to be able to have my individuality, to be able to be who I am. Um, I didn't have to be anybody different. Uh, I, I could just go in there and my most authentic self, um, and that was good enough. I could, I could bring my energy, and it was matched and superseded. Um, and at the end of the day, for me, it, it's always been about the kids. It's never been about anything else, whether it's the Central Valley, California, Alaska, Southern California. No matter who I'm coaching, it's always about the kids. It's always about their development. It's always about how we can we make them better. How can we make them good? Husbands, uh, better sons. Uh, yeah, how, how can we make them better brothers? Like that's always been at the forefront of my mind and everything I've done. And West Coast Elite allowed me the opportunity to be able to impact a lot of kids' lives that I still talk to to this day, uh, who are going to, you know, have big lofty goals that they're going to be able to attain because they're they are who they say they are. And then that's why, you know, we align so well at West Coast Elite. And you know, I have a lot to thank. You know, with Ryan Silver and Scotty Norman and Jake designing because they gave me a great opportunity. And, and Justin had a great hand in it as well, vouching for me from our friendship and our tenure of being able to work together that I was going to be impactful in their program. Uh, and I think that I was. 
Um, so I did that for a year. Um, and then I had another opportunity to present itself with the Cali Rebels, um, who were on the Adidas circuit. Uh, and I had an opportunity to be the co-head coach of the top 17 team with them. Um, and that, per- that opportunity doesn't present itself unless I had an opportunity uh, to be able to coach the way that I wanted to coach at West Coast Elite. And, and, and Coach John at the Cali Rebels gave me a great opportunity to go out and recruit um, and, and really own what was on the side of, of what was on my right shoulder in terms of our logo, Cali Rebels. And you know, that was also a great opportunity for me to continue growing and giving uh, in the right fashion. No, yeah, that's, that's the one thing I feel like, you know, AAU at times gets a bad rap, which you know, but when it's done correctly, man, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Absolutely beautiful Absolutely. thing. And um, so there's another story I want to talk about, Riverside Poly, because okay. you guys did something. Okay. You guys did something. I remember you guys won some games. You did something. All of a sudden, there's a man who, a famous alumni, from Riverside Poly <laughs> gives you all a shout out. Talk about that. Uh, you know, for us, everything that we did at Riverside Poly was always about how can we make this as marketable as possible? How can we make this the most desirable program to be at in the IE? I know we're competing against the JW North, the Rancho Verde, the Centennial Corona, um, which at that time were all extremely talented programs. Um, as you know, uh, Reggie Miller is, is the all-time was the all-time leader scorer at Riverside Poly before Lamont broke that record uh, this this previous season, and he had always been kind of watching us from afar. And we wanted to make him more inclusive. We wanted to bring him back. We wanted his involvement to increase. So we would reach out to him, and and, and we would we would you know express to him that we wanted to be a part of what we're building here. Uh, you know, we we want we want kids to know that not only did, did you come from the IE, but you wore it on your shoulder. Like, you, you, this is who you are. It, it's a big part of where you've been able to go in your tenure as one of, you know, the greatest basketball players and one of the greatest shooters to ever play, but also being a Riverside native. So he was extremely receptive um, to what we were, you know, expressing and conveying to him. And we were able to bring him in. And, you know, before we played in, in the championship game at, at Torrey Pines, we were able to bring him in and have him spend some time with our guys at our shoot-around. Um, and I think, you know, the moment that we were able to do that, the guys started to see a different capacity for what this could be. Um, and, and I don't think that's possible without the hard work of, you know, Coach Dobson, without the hard work of, uh, uh, of Coach Downer um, and wanting to bring that dream true. But, you know, Reggie was a big supporter of our program in the three, in the three years that I was there um, and the two years that Coach Downer was there. He was a big supporter of our program. And he would always – be, be kind of lingering in the shadows because he didn't want the attention to be off the kids and on to him. Um, but he, he was a huge impact in the way that we kind of started to market our program and brand our program and, and, and how we thought we could take it and the, the levels that we thought it could get to. Uh, and he, he was, you know, really quintessential in retweeting things and giving Riverside Poly shout outs and, you know, being present. And, and, and wanting to, to, to let the world know that, you know, there's some really good basketball happening in Riverside. It, it, it's, a, it's a very quieted pocket that has a lot of really good players. Um, and I think to this day, you know, Reggie's a big part of the turnaround that we were able to happen. And, you know, going in, in my tenure and Coach Downer's tenure, being able to go 92 and, and, and 38 or something like that and, 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 and turning the program around from being, you know, that's Riverside Poly. And, you know, Yancey does a good job. To now it's one of the premier programs in Southern California. They got you know, San Diego State and, 
you know, UC, UC, UC Irvine, and now they got a kid playing there that's committed to Rhode Island, um, and a host of other young talent that you can kind of see were itching to be successful. And Reggie saw that, and, and he attached himself to that, to that early and often. He was a big part of, you know, helping these kids to understand that it's bigger than themselves, but Riverside basketball is, is going to be a big product in general. No, yeah, I remember seeing just the social media buzz, and I was like, that is awesome. Absolutely awesome. All right, so now I'll yeah, explain, great, explain how we get to Point Loma. And if you've never visited Point Loma University, it is probably <laughs> one of the most beautiful, prettiest campuses there is in this country. The fact that it literally oversees the ocean, right? Like, if I played baseball, like, you have your baseball and softball fields. It literally looks like if you're about to hit a home run, it looks like you're about to hit that thing in the water, which is an unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable atmosphere. My cousin, I have a cousin who goes there right now. She goes, she ain't playing no sports. She's just going there for school. But, um, but no, Point Loma, absolutely beautiful, beautiful campus. The gym is a unique gym. I feel like you're, like, going down – like a bunch of stories because you start up high and then it just seems like you get fatigued just getting down to the floor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I hate that trick every time I have to go <laughs> to and from, uh, especially 6 a.m. when guys are, when guys are wanting to work out because, you know, I, I never say no. I just say, you know, not right now. So, you know, I'm always available and 6 a.m. is tough when you're trying to lug, up, uh, lug down a bunch of stairs and lug back up. Um, so <laughs> I hear you on that one, man. But, yeah, so talk about how you get to Point Loma, man, and talk about your story about that. Yeah, so Point Loma was, was a unique opportunity um, that I don't think happens unless I had found myself in a space where, you know, I was working as hard as I could to be where my feet were and be really, really good and be a superstar in my role where I was at uh, and not focusing on any exterior, uh, you know, influence or any exterior opportunities that had been presented. I just really wanted to lock in on, on helping Riverside probably continue to make that jump um, and, and helping Lamont finish off his career uh, the right way, helping, you know, guys like Evan Oliver, who at Chico State, finish off their career the right way, and Jamal Briscoe, who's at Fresno Pacific, finish off their career the right way. So um, I had an opportunity during that summer to continue to grind with West Coast Elite, but also work what I call CIC, which is a college prep camp that Coach Donner was directing, um, which was in uh, Spokane, Washington, at the University of Whitworth. Um, so we had been going on, it was a tumultuous time. We had been going on about 15 days of travel. We went to Vegas, uh, you know, and then we bounced back and, and, and we had to immediately jump on a plane. We had a day of rest and immediately jump on the plane and, and head to Spokane for the seven days. And there was about a 22, 23 day span, but we were kind of just grinding. We were enveloped and entrenched in the grind. Um, and was, it was really taxing on our bodies and, and we didn't have a lot of time to recover, but I knew, you know, Every opportunity that was presented in front of me was the opportunity. Um, you never know who's watching. You never know who's viewing you. You never know who's taking notes, whether that be mental or physical notes. You just never know who, who, who's viewing your work. So every opportunity I had, I wanted to crush it. Um, so CIC camp is essentially preparing young athletes for the college grind. And that specific summer, Coach Downer had done an immaculate job of recruiting high-level athletes. Nathan Middle, who's committed to the University of Oregon, uh, Nolan, Nolan Hickman, who's committed, committed to the University of Kentucky. Uh, you know, Malik Thomas, who's committed to the University of, of Southern California. There was an extreme amount of players in there, not just high-level Division One players, but really good basketball players in general, no matter what the destination was that they were going to. Matt Logie was the current head coach at Whitworth. Uh, and, and those that don't know Matt Logie, he's, 
you know, probably one of the shining superstars in the business that, you know, not a lot of people talk about, but it's super, super well known. During his time there, he was 101 and 38 or, you know, 104 and 38, some, some absurd number like that. Um, he had been a, camp, a coach camp. Um, you know, he had been a coach of a camp. So him and I had really started to, to find some relatability amongst each other. We enjoyed having conversations with one another. I enjoyed picking his brain about the process and how he, how he sustained the excellence that he was able to. And we sat down a lot of the times throughout this eight to 10 hour day we had of college, of college coaching at this camp. And we just talked during lunch, during spot times that we had, we just picked each other's brain and the relationship was formulated. In between that time, um, you know, I had, I had volunteered to do every single thing that I could do there. Oh, we got 6 a.m. ball handling. We just went to bed last 5 or 11.30. I'm there at 5.45 for guys that want to get it in early. Okay, we got two ball same time, two ball alternate. We got two-pound cross. I, I, was, I was readily available to do whatever needed to be done. Okay, we need guys to, to be assistant coaches here for this practice that we're simulating. Okay, I'm there. We need guys to get their devotional. Boom, I'm the guy. I just really wanted to show everyone that, I'm not here to make any coin. I'm not here to make any money. I'm here to give to these kids. Uh, I'm here to give to their complete process. And I think Coach Logie uh, really recognized that as well. I think that really resonated with him throughout his inspiration of us being having that gap year where he coached his final year at, at, at Whitworth, and then I coached my final year at Riverside Poly. Um, I, I had been scrolling through Twitter, and I had saw that they had hired Matt Logie at the University of Point Loma. Um, and I hadn't known a lot about Point Loma. I had known some things. Ryan Looney did an incredible job here of turning the program around and getting to a national championship and having a national division two player of the year. So it was a really, really desirable job. Uh, but Coach Logie had done an incredible job of sustaining excellence academically um, and athletically and really moving kids on and, and, and having great GPAs and competing for NCAA tournament championships and competing for conference championships that he was the next guy that was going to kind of take this thing over, over the hump. So when he got the job, um, I remember I was, I was sitting in my apartment in Riverside uh, getting dressed and getting prepared uh, to, to, to go about the day of work and workouts and starting my day at 8.30 and getting back at 10.30 because that was the grind that I committed to. Uh, you know, and, and I got a call. I got a phone call. And, you know, it was Coach Downer. And, you know, we talk four or five times a week. We talk almost every day. And, and sometimes it's five minutes and sometimes it's, 45 minutes. Sometimes it's two hours. You, you FaceTime and talk a lot. He's, he's my very best friend. But I say that to say sometimes I don't want to talk to him. So I, <laughs> I just I kind of let I, I kind of let my phone ring. And in the moments when I'm having those thoughts, so letting my phone ring is usually when the most impactful things in our friendship are happening. Um, so I let the phone ring and he texts me and says, "Answer your phone, you jerk, right now." <laughs> so he calls me back. I answer my phone and he's like. I have an incredible opportunity that I was reached out to about, I need to know if you're in or not. This is not a situation where you can hesitate. This is something that can change the trajectory of your whole coaching career. So what are you talking about? He's like, Matt Logie got the job at, at, at Point Loma, and there's been conversations about bringing you on the staff. Now, we got we to we back up a little bit this and understand, I had never thought that I could be an effective college basketball coach. It was never a goal of mine. It was never a dream of mine. I, I, I thought... I'm going to be the best I can be here and get my own high school program. Maybe that's Riverside Poly one day. I'm going to teach English at the secondary level. I'm going to impact kids from eight to three, and then I'm going to go impact kids from three to seven on the basketball court. That, that, that was the goal of mine. I was locked in on that, and I was okay with it. There was nothing wrong with that. There still is nothing wrong with that. But this was God's way of telling me that this was the next step in my life. Now, 
I had a girlfriend at the time who's still my girlfriend now who who will probably be my fiance one day and 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 you know she she was in Riverside as well, so there were some exterior factors that were playing into that um but I didn't have a lot of time to think about it. He said, you're in or you're out and he was in the car with uh John Smith, who's the head coach at Cal Poly Slow, who I have a really good relationship with, and he had to the phone to coach Smith and, and Coach Smith said some type of words that I don't think he knows how it resonated with me at the time, but they really really affected me in a positive way now he said. What 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 do you, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with with your career? What 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 do you want? What's what's your end goal? And I gave the political answer because I'm on the phone with the, with the Division One coach and I'm tensing up a little bit and you know I'm swallowing a little more than I normally do and you know stuttering and stumbling a little bit and I tell him I want to continue to impact kids in a positive way and to help them to understand. He's a, he's a, before you continue, that's awesome and and that's a given and you've been doing that and that's why we all do it. But he said, do you have dreams of being a Division One coach one day? And, and, and reluctantly, I, I, said, I, I said, yeah, I, I, that, that would be awesome. And he was like, it, in order for that to happen, you have to have some collegiate experience. And I can tell you right now, the collegiate experience that you're about to embark upon is going to be some of the most invaluable experience that you'll ever get. You're going to be winning at an extremely high level. You're going to be coaching at an extremely high level. So Coach Logan and I had a conversation. Um, and we already had connectivity, so it was easy. It wasn't forced. I wasn't nervous. Um, we had relatability. The, the relationship was there. There had been some deposits made already that strengthened the, the core of what we wanted to do foundationally. Um, so Coach Logie was in, you know, right away. You know, it, it was a preliminary process of him talking, but I needed to get to know Patrick Frost, who is the other assistant on staff. He's now one of my closest friends to this day. Um, I needed to get to know him well, and he needed to vet me, and he needed to feel comfortable about what we were about to embark upon. So just like you, Jason, I I, I looked up Point Loma, and I was literally looking at this campus, and I was saying to myself, is this real or is this utopia? I, 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 don't, I, I can't fathom that the water is sitting on the campus in the backdrop of the Pacific Ocean. I can't fathom that this is a place where you're going to lack the opportunity to have success. Um, and, and the leadership was in place. Ethan Hamilton was the athletic director there. Uh, you know, the, the supporting cast of, you know, athletic administrative people want every sport to be successful. They care about people. So a lot of it was aligning mentally in my head. I needed to go down and visit and spend some time with Coach Frost. So I made that journey, and, and uh, Coach Logie was trying to wrap things up in Spokane before he made his journey back, um, and I went and spent the day with Coach Frost. I get on campus. Um, and of course I'm lost. I'm befuddled as to where I'm supposed to be. And I, and I park and I call Coach Frost and I say, yo coach, I'm here. All I see is ocean. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. Um, and it's like, yeah, brother, get used to it. So I, I go and meet up with Coach Frost at the middle point of campus. And, you know, I'm pumped. And as you can obviously see at the start of the, the podcast, I'm going on a hundred already. And, and I did the same thing with Coach Frost. And he puts his hand out to shake my hand and I go in and I hug him. And I, it, it was a natural reflex, and he was like, oh, so we're hugging. Okay. And I was like, yeah, man, I, I don't know where that came from, but I felt the vibe from you, I, and I wanted to come in for a hug. Um, so we spent about six hours together, um, and we talked basketball, but that was the least of the way. He needed to see if life-wise we were a match. He needed to see if goal-wise we were a match. He needed to see if personality-wise we were a match. Um, and, and I crushed it with him. Um, but he made it easy for me to be able to do that because he's a genuine person. Uh, and he's one of the most sincere and honest individuals I've met. Um, so I'm, I'm leading Point Loma 
after we spent some time uh, and Coach Logie calls Coach Frost, and Coach Frost tells him uh, they were considering myself and another guy, um, and Coach Frost tells him, that's our guy. That's the guy that's going to change the trajectory of our program. That's the guy we need to have uh, competing with and being in the trenches with every day. Before I could pull out of the parking lot, Coach, Coach Logie calls me, and he's, he's yelling, let's go! Are you in or are you out? What, what, what is it going to be? And, and, and before I could even think, like, just something reflexed in me, and I, and I said, I'm in, Coach. Let's go chase championships and excellence every day. Um, and that moment was the moment that cemented me being on staff at Point Loma. And really, to be honest with you guys, it's the moment that it changed the trajectory of my coaching path. It changed what the possibilities were that I could be able to do uh, at the collegiate level. No, that's, yeah, that's an unbelievable story, man. A kid who just grinding, trying to just play juco ball, then grinding to play out a four-year. A man who's a banker just sent records on checking accounts and savings accounts. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? And, like, going from a banker to all of a sudden coaching at one of the best D2s in the country. <laughs> That's just it's remarkable, Coach. We talked. We talked. Yeah, about, but I mean, for me, for, go ahead, go ahead, Coach. And we uh, we talked about that that view. You know, as you're looking at the top of those stairs, looking down on the gym there at Loma, I feel like is that your first stop? And you know, when you bring a kid on campus to recruit, I mean, you got you probably got to get kids committing as soon as they, as soon as they see the outside of the gym. Yeah, I mean that's that's a great question. I mean, for us, usually, usually when when you park in the parking lot, that's adjacent to to our offices. You you can see a huge view of the Pacific Ocean, so it's 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 a it's a it's a a dual uh, parking lot. So the lower level will get you even closer to the water than the upper level where we're at. It's usually the first place where kids stop. Um, and, and, and listen, guys, I, I I think that I'm I think that I'm good at what I do. I think that I, I, I I'm talented. I think that I've been around great people that have poured into me. But this place is is such an incredible place to be that. It, it's not like it's a quadratic equation for why we've been able to sustain what we've been able to sustain. Like we recruit great kids that don't look at the view, that don't look at the ocean, that don't look at San Diego and really, really care about being something more than what they, what they're in currently um, and, and care about their individual process, care about our holistic process, that it makes it easy to recruit this place. So usually we throw them, we throw them into the gym, we show them the facilities in the gym. Um, we, we go to the weight room and, and then we, we take them right out the backdrop. Um, and then as soon as they open the door, it's the baseball field to the left, and uh, it, it, it's sunset clips, so sunset clips to the right. And as soon as that usually happens, uh, I think they have their main mind made up in that moment. This is where I want to be. Um, and, and it's been able, it's been, it's been the precursor to why we've been able to, to really recruit some high-level individuals. Um, uh, we recruit at a Division One level here. It, it, it's what we have to do to be able to sustain national relevance. Um, it's what we need to be able to do to continue to push this thing um, where we want it to go, which is winning a regional and competing for a national championship again. But aside from any title, uh, aside from any level, we just really recruit wholesome kids um, that, that understand that this is going to be a place that provides some distraction. It's an elite campus. It's one of the best campuses in the country. But if you can sway away from those distractions and really start to lock in on your development, really start to lock in on what we need to do um, in order to, to have success on a consistent basis, then you can be special here. Um, but uh, all that being said, 
Uh, I have a couple views on campus that are my favorite, and I make sure that I take every recruit to those two times over, Coach. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't miss a spot. I, I try not to. You talk about those kids you've been recruiting. Well, you guys, you know, you guys have been hitting, hitting the Central Valley again. You got a kid coming from Buchanan, right? Yeah, yeah. We were uh, super excited about Kobe Barnes, um, super excited about what he can be in our program. Um, I think before you look at him as a basketball player, uh, you just have to get to know him as a kid. Um, 3.8 student, uh, yes coach, no coach, yes sir, yes ma'am guy. Um, and it comes from a great family that really has their head on the right way. Um, and I think for me, like, I, I want to convey this like, to everyone. Like, it's important for me to be able to bring Central Valley to where I'm at. It's important for me. Um, but with that being said, the talent culture has to be there in order for it to happen because we have a job to do. Um, and not saying that it's not, but it always has. It always hasn't been. So for me to be able to, to bring Kobe um, to Point Loma, um, he has a bright future ahead of him. Um, he, he, he's a guy that's going to be actionable in everything that he does. Um, he's going to be intentional in everything that he does. And he's really going to fulfill the experience at Point Loma to continue to help us uh, with the string of guards that we've been able to bring through our, our, our school. So we're super excited about it. I'm super pumped. I remember, like, so I had the luxury of coaching Kobe for uh, two years, him and his brother Charlie, and was able to work him out numerous times. And I remember sitting in a, waiting in the hallways of Buchanan, waiting for a gym to get open up so we could go work out and hit Kobe talking to me about going, they're going to go visit UC Merced. And I remember just telling Kobe, I was like, you can go play at UC Merced right now. I think he was like a sophomore, junior. I was like, you're, I was like, you're a big time basketball player. I was like, you're going to sure. be an unbelievable you know basketball I mean? player. And I could not be, I was absolutely thrilled when his dad and he texted me and saying he's going to Point Loma, he committed to Point Loma. I was like, oh, you can do absolute wonders there, knowing that you were Jay, knowing that you were there. I was like, it's it's a great fit for him, and I'm super excited. You know, these next four or five years, see what he's able to what he's able to do on and off the court. One thousand percent, coach. I couldn't say it any better. But man, oh man. So what, what's what's next for Julius? I mean, are you uh, you got you know next what does the next couple of years look like? What do you what's in your head? Because, you know, I, I mean, for me, it, it, it's always going to be about, um, you know, being the best that I can be in every capacity that I can. I'm blessed. Um, a lot of the times in this business, you, you, you don't get to work next You don't get to work next to people that you love. You don't get to work next to people that you can be in, in the cubbyhole with and, and, and know that if your backs are against the wall in, in an alley, like this guy to the right and the left of you are going to be ready to compete, um, to get out of that alley. Um, and, you know, I, I owe those guys a tremendous amount of my development. They've allowed me to be, you know, once again, be the truest version of who I am. Go out and make meaningful mistakes. Go out and curate my voice with scouts. Go out and, and, and let my visions come to fruition in player development. So um, I, I want to continue to win at a high level here. I, I want to continue to, to bring championships to Point Loma and continue to be able to, you know, hold banners up and hang them on our wall. Uh, but also at the end of the day, like, I'm going to take every opportunity that's in front of me and I'm going to evaluate it accordingly. And I, I, I'm going to, con, you know, convey that to the people that are closest with me. And we're going to, you know, we're going to go through every process the way that we can. And I, I know that if you do things the right way in this business, if you're meaningful, if you're authentic, um, if you are who you say you are, then good things happen. And people want to attach themselves to those type of people. So I've been lucky to have some great, tremendous friends in this business. Um, I've been able to have some people that have really cared about my process. So we're going to continue plugging along and working here. And I think for me, the sky's the limit. 
I think I, I can I can I can attain what I want to if I just keep my head down and I stay focused, I stay humbled, and I stay hungry. Um, and, and those are the things I'm going to continue to do, Coach. Well, I, I know one thing: energy. Your energy is infectious, and uh, I'm gonna make a prediction that at some point, someday. When you get that, when you get a head coaching job, we're gonna have another future episode on the show with you as as a as a D one head coach. <laughs> well, you know what? If that happens, I will do any any and every podcast you guys want. I, <laughs> I I've enjoyed you guys. I love I love what you guys are doing, and and I support it one thousand percent, man. So I, I'm all in. Like I said at the beginning, I can do I'll do whatever you need me to do to continue to support this, man. No, I appreciate it, Jay. But also too, we heard it first, and hopefully your girl listens to this because you did say. I'm just saying you drop you drop some news on there that she'll most likely be my wife's holly. <laughs> I'm just saying you can't not you can't go back now. We have this on recording. Uh, like if you know we can I can we can put that thing on rewind for your girl. Like we just I'm just throwing that out there for you, Jay. Listen, I think I think I I, I did the best possible job recruiting that I could have. Uh, that was my biggest that was my biggest get on the recruiting trail. <laughs> uh, and, and and I'm a. I'm gonna, I'm gonna live. I'm gonna own that one, one thousand um, percent. I might have did it on purpose to get some more brownie points, but we'll keep that under the right now. <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, man! But hey, man, I can't thank you enough for taking the time, man. I know definitely at this time it's a busy, busy, busy time for you. It's also a crazy year for you, and just could not thank you enough, man, for taking the time. Absolutely, guys. Whatever you need, and no point. Loma support you guys. I support you guys, and I just appreciate you guys having me on. You've had some high-level people on here. I'm glad that I can contribute towards the message that you're trying to get across, and, and I, I live Fresno through and through, man. So whatever I can do for the city, um, I'm always going to do it. I love it, man. That's what we're all about, just telling stories with uh, you know people with Fresno connections. So it's good stuff. Thanks for doing this, Coach. Absolutely, guys. You guys take care of yourselves, man, and, and, and God bless you both, man. You too, Jay. You too, my man. All right, too. You've been listening to the Off the Bench Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench.